Hey everybody and welcome to episode 14 of the Habit Shift podcast. There's myself Ian Bickle, there's Jeff Ash and there is Sarah, no Sandy today. Again Sandy where you at? It's this whole time zone thing. The clocks have all changed in America and the UK um, which has just thrown us off a little bit. Lack of communication from our end I think so we're going to have to sort that out moving forward but how is everyone today? Good, thank you. All good. I'm good. Awesome. Yeah, had, had a had a long vacation, and so all back in the swing of things now. So yes, definitely did well, not want to leave though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always the case with vacations. We we just call them holidays, isn't that right? Sarah? Yes, that's it, yeah. just a holiday. We'll go on a holiday, not a vacation. <laughs> Even you American. We'll we'll uh, we'll translate for the English listeners as we go through uh, the podcast. <laughs> that means holiday vacation. So mm-hmm. uh, today we're going to talk about weight, um, and we're going to look at like yeah, like weight as a focal point. I think a lot of people who maybe are listening are interested in weight loss, um, and obviously it gets a lot of media attention. So. You know, it's such an expansive topic. I, I don't know even know where to start with weight. I, I guess the question is, why are we so bothered about weight? I don't know who wants. Maybe Sarah, because you're a girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is more of a female problem, which maybe it's changed over the years. But I think maybe more men are more susceptible with social media and everything now. But I think generally speaking, women worry about their weight more than men do. I think it almost is more acceptable for men as they get older, they sort of, you know, gain a bit of a midlife spread and they're kind of all right with it. Whereas socially, people don't accept it so much with women. And I think there's a big movement to change all of this. But as always, it goes to extremes. And I think that's where I struggle. I find the whole weight thing working in the weight loss industry quite tricky to navigate sometimes. Yeah, we, we know what kind of people want. I think as a PT, if if we had like a pound or a dollar, in your case, Jeff, for yes. everyone who says, I want to lose weight and tone up, um, you know, would be would be constantly on vacation. We would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get, see, little references back to, to previous jokes. So, yes. so how about you, Jeff? What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, I definitely think it it still does impact women to a greater extent than than men. Uh, but you know, the pressure as far as maintaining a certain size and being within a certain size range and all of that. But it, it surprisingly, it's it's a it's a very big issue for men too. And I don't think a lot of people realize just to the extent that it is, um, like body dysmorphia and and those kinds of things. But also there's so much with social media and just the influence of that um to to be a certain size and with men it's often less about being skinny as it is about being lean and bigger and muscular and having that um and so you know you'll you'll hear comments about you know a guy not having a a chest he's got a boy chest or that kind of a thing and those kinds of comments that that you'll hear that uh or or related to their gut, that kind of thing. And so while I, while there's definitely, I think more of an emphasis toward women, there's still, it's, it's still a significant issue for men. And one of the things that's interesting is that as people are becoming more comfortable 
in talking about mental health related issues and feelings, I guess, in men and, and, and everything, which traditionally has been something that's sort of stuffed down and ignored. Um, a lot more men are coming out and, and expressing issues in this particular area and around these conversations. I think that's social media for you, isn't it? Because it's become, you know, fast, more, more men use social media now and, and this, you know, ideal body that has been around for, for generations, although that ideal body has changed. Um, you know, like I think, was it in the 80s? It was super, super skinny, you know, the, the real waif looking thing. And then, you know, more recently, it's been the big butt and all that kind of stuff. And that's what people deem as sort of socially acceptable. But bodies come in all shapes and sizes. And if we never dieted or we never did anything, all bodies are going to be different no matter what. And that is just a fact of life and nature and genes and all the rest of it. Um, but it's what our perception of what normal should be is the problem. And the thing is, even people with amazing bodies now still tweak them. You know, we look on social media and we see these perfect physiques and we think that's normal and it and it isn't and I think especially for younger generation that's a lot where, where the pressure comes from because they're looking at images that aren't even real I think there's like a meme isn't there that says that even the person in the picture can't recognize who they are because they mm. don't actually look like that and that's a big problem I think for most of us. Yeah, I think despite all of this I think people know but there's something maybe just so deeply rooted down from a like a, I don't know like a, an evolutionary place or something that still kind of like makes in uh, this whole industry it's almost like an illusion industry as opposed to a like a, um, an actual fact industry because of the money that's involved particularly within fat loss like it's worth billions therefore people are wanting to exploit what people want and this is why there's often so many fads that either brand new ones or just kind of come round and round again and again I, something i'm interested in do you guys as like obviously working within the industry is there an additional pressure for you guys to be presented in a certain ways i think so i think it's becoming less so as sort of more body positivity and um those sort of movements take hold but I think in the general population people still expect you to look a certain way to be a PT or a nutritionist you know I mean I haven't had a six-pack for years I've, I've had it but crikey the work that it took as you know Ian who probably still does have one um that takes to do that I I just haven't got that time anymore and all the inclination so does that make me any less of a PT no but people might perceive the case that that they might think oh well you don't look like you could you know be on a cover of a magazine so you can't know what you're talking about so I do think it is a problem I've got a, a five and a half pack at the a minute five and a half <laughs> it's, okay it's not, it's not quite six how about you <laughs> how about you Jeff <laughs> that's not even a thing <laughs> yeah. Five and a half. <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I, I definitely agree I'm, there's certainly pressure and and whether people acknowledge it or not, or, or try and, I think in, in our industry, a lot of people say a lot of things that sound good, but when you go deeper down, that really isn't what they truly believe. So 
they you'll hear it said oh all bodies are beautiful but uh, but you should try and shrink yours down to this particular size range because it's even more beautiful if you're smaller these kinds of of ideas and so there's a lot of uh, um, conflicting messaging that, that's going on i think and we've had some conversations about this in our just privately chatting um, about different influencers and, and kind of the mixed messaging that we see in that area but um, but yeah, I think there is, there's definitely pressure, but it, it, in some, in some sense, if you're a fat loss coach, you can see why people would expect you to be somewhat walking the walk. You know, you're, you're saying, oh, I can help you lose weight. I can help you get the body of your dreams, that kind of thing. And so, but yet if you don't have the body of your own dreams, how can you, how can somebody expect you to? And so. So there, there's obviously that pressure. Um, fortunately, there's a, there's a lot of a, you know, there is a shift going on. I think as like intuitive eating is becoming more popular and stuff, and this this emphasis on stepping back away from weight loss as a as the chief marker of health or of beauty, and focusing instead on health promoting behaviors and mindset, and and kind of accepting whatever your body does in response to these health promoting behaviors, whether it gets ends up getting smaller, getting bigger, staying the same, uh, but that focus is is shifted off of the size. And, and so I think that's good. And I think in that sense, like me, um, since I'm really working in that space now, and in, in, I, I pretty much am full on into into that area, and those are the clients I'm taking on now, um, is that I don't really feel that pressure anymore, uh, which is actually kind of freeing in, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people who are going down that road find it very freeing because the pressure is off of them to, to reach scale milestones and those kinds of things. And, and it can be very beneficial to your mental health and, and, and those kinds of things. I think that's the thing, isn't it? People judge that and that's where it comes from. They will judge how you look by everything else so if you if you are a pt that isn't in amazing shape they judge your knowledge on how you look and that's i think the the good part of body positivity and this sort of movement is that they're saying well no you shouldn't be judging somebody on how they appear you know they will if you took if you took a, a a like a mix of people from like super skinny right through to being you know super overweight then people would judge their health, their attractiveness, all of that on that scale. And they will assume that the smaller you are, the healthier you are. And the bigger you are, the less healthy you are. But actually, we know that that isn't always the case. You know, you can have a very slim body, but have an eating disorder. You could be having a really poor relationship with food um, and a lot of mental health issues. And then the person that is in a bigger body might actually be really quite fit and healthy. They might exercise, they might, you know, do eat a healthy diet. And for whatever reason in their life, they're just in a bigger body than they were maybe before. And you can't judge somebody on that without knowing the full facts. But I think this is where the problem comes because people do. They just make an instant judgment on what they see. Yeah, and I think for me, like the biggest question is like, are you happy? Like. Yeah. at the end of the day I would rather be a stone or two above kind of you know whatever and actually have better balance in my life and for me as like a coach personal trainer who's competed in natural bodybuilding and all of that sort of stuff who's 
taken my body to that extreme. I think I've got the unique perspective of like saying to people, listen, like you think that's what you want, but you'll realize when you get there that it's not what you want. It was just something to obsess over. And when you do that, you're able to kind of start addressing the real areas of your life. And that doesn't mean that you, because I'm not against dieting either. I'm not against fat loss. I'm not anti-scale. I use the scales, but it's like I, I use the scales with clients. I use the scales with myself, but it's getting people to understand that, you know, especially if we're trying to change our body as well, not to get overly obsessed or distracted. And it's a good learning opportunity for people to like understand how things influence scale weight. So I think that's like a, an interesting discussion that people need to kind of hear is like, well, what are we actually, when we step on that sad step, people might call it is like, <laughs> you know, what is that? What is that feedback telling us? People have a, a big emotional attachment to the scale, don't they? Probably from years of dieting and, and not actually understanding how, how it works. And that's one of the first things that I'll always talk to about my clients when I take them on is just, you know, what do you understand about scale weight and what does that mean to you? And if you can kind of get through that and just use it as a piece of data, then it can actually transform people. But I think something you mentioned there, which is really quite important to touch on is that you said something about you know people will think that their lives will change when they lose weight and they'll suddenly become happier I've worked with several people over the years that have had that exact mindset and actually you know you're just still the same person with the same life in a smaller body so does think do those things really change for you and I think a lot of people will put a change of happiness or a change of confidence or a change of anything else down to their weight and that doesn't always equate to being a positive outcome. Yeah, I think that's something that, that I mean, that's just such a good point that 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 could be one aspect of of it. But generally speaking, the issues that that we find ourselves struggling with in life are not just going to be fixed by losing weight. But that's what the the that's what the dieting industry and the fitness industry often promotes whether it's implicit or explicitly uh this idea that oh you know if you just if you lose the weight if you get down to your dream body then everything's going to be happy and you're going to love your body and you're going to all this and that and and we know i mean and you probably when you were stage lean you were probably still noticing things you wish were different about your body and um at the time and so i mean we it, i know myself regardless of where i am now and where I've been when I've been leaner and had a five and a half pack, um, you know, <laughs> you know the, uh, I, th there were still things that I was like, oh, I wish I didn't have that, or I'd like to change that and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, well, what yeah, it, it really what isn't. It's not the answer in and of itself. I mean, what, you know, the bodybuilding world is kind of notorious for is probably creating more problems than, than solving. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people... Um, again, with social media, I always say you only see what you're shown, so you don't know the background struggles. I've certainly struggled in the past. Like it's taken a lot of emotional maturity and experience in order to kind of quantify everything, and that's as a coach something that I help people with. I've only worked with one um, contest prep client. It's not my bread and butter, but like 
I feel like I could do it, but I'm not a, that's not what my marketing's channel towards. I'm not trying to sell that product. And ultimately when I think people are kind of investing in a coach, especially with something as big as that, you've got to make sure that they are like, they have your best interests at heart. They are going to tell you, right, this is what you need to expect. And going to this goal is an extreme. And if you get within maybe four to six weeks of that goal and you want to pull the plug, that's fine. Uh, you know, because that's when it gets sticky. Like I was, I competed 76 kilos and I dieted down to 79.2. And I was like, you know what? Like I might compete. That's what I was thinking. But when I got into the under 80s, that's my like, that's where things get really bad for me. And I was like on the trampoline with my son and I was just, I had no energy. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I, what? And it, like, it was like my whole value system has changed. And I was like, you know what? Bodybuilding, the stage isn't going anywhere. Um, and it's just not for me at this stage in my life right now. So I'll never say never, but for me right now, like I'll always quote unquote bodybuild, lift weights, um, eat a lot and feel good and all of that sort of stuff. And a byproduct of all of that is, building a body and then occasionally I might go hey I'm gonna eat in an energy deficit eat plenty of protein train progressively as I can and lose that weight and see what I've got but I guess a lot of people's and I always say to people listen desperation is never a great like place to start dieting from because you make silly irrational decisions um, and I think for me that's one of the most challenging people's with the the general public and population they don't even think this stuff they just see something on social media before and after picture um and they're like right i, I want that mm -hmm. yeah it's, it, it is interesting it's I, I've, I've got an interesting question to ask on that because this has been a bit of my bugbear this week on images that i've seen that don't match the message so you know people that haven't or don't follow Ian you may or may not have seen pictures of when he did compete and so you were you know in absolutely incredible shape but if your target audience were say 40 plus men that have got you know haven't seen a six-pack since ever would you use a picture of you in your com competing nature to attract those sort of people what sort of message do you think that would give to people that were really out of shape that's for me like obviously I think like personally like because I think well what are people seeing and like at the end of the day I don't want people to solely come to me just because of what I look like um I want it to be more about who I am so like I keep covered up because of the nature of my job like I want to be accessible and I want to I want, I'd rather be known for someone who's got a good sense of humor or like makes people laugh or makes them feel good. Like I like making people laugh. I like hearing people laugh. I like, I'd like to think people listen to the podcast with the little witty one-liners and all of that are like, you know what? It's, it's fun and fitness can be fun and it should be fun. It's something that you want to invest in like the rest of your life. Like I was talking to someone and like the other day and I was like you know what I might start something new completely like nothing to do with bodybuilding it's an outlet it's an opportunity to learn something different and um, I don't know what that is I'm tussling between like 
Brazilian jiu-jitsu or even at one of my clients as a pro wrestler doing that something just weird and crazy like and out there but why why the hell not and I think yeah. so many people are doing stuff that they just don't enjoy like I've worked with people and they say I want this that and the other and then they just haven't gelled with resistance training and I'm like it's okay like it might be my jam but it doesn't have to be yours let's find what you want and I just think again people think that they want this thing and they realize like well they don't want to do the things that like brings about these things so I just take people where they're at I don't care their size their shape their sex um, their goals are their goals and I try and work around that and I try not to like put my bias in there full stop so from a marketing perspective I just want people to kind of you know like actually get to know us talk to us and like then they'll realize and when they start working with us usually realize that actually I'm I'm, I'm not what they presume I am just based off like a six pack five and a half well, that's six, full, full <laughs> six pack, uh, five, <laughs> five and a half at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a, a an interesting question because it, it is so much of what the fitness industry uses to to get people on board. Before I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy. Like I, you know, I do too. To yeah. use my own images again and again. Like the reality is, I didn't get that many pictures taken. Whereas some people, they go to different areas, different clothing. Like you know, they'll take thousands of pictures, and that's like a long, a lot of content. Whereas me, I got a mm -hmm. few done. But I think it's lazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't want a following just based off like it's shown. Like you know, I, women do it, and they're just showing you know breasts and ass and it's just like mm. yeah and then when the messaging is look at look at my six-pack look at my you know my perfect butt look at my chiseled physique and and my beautiful skin and you know all this whole thing oh but love the body that you're in and oh you shouldn't uh you know rock that bikini even if you're in a bigger body and you, there's like these mixed messages that are out there where we're saying this is the beauty ideal because I'm putting this up there and I'm putting it in your face. And you know that they're taking 20, 30, 100 pictures because I've watched them do it in the gym, just the right angle, popping the butt out, just right, getting, oh, wait, this isn't the right lighting. Let me shit, let me close that window. Let me do this. And they're getting just the right lighting. And then they're trying to, to tell people that, uh, you know, to love the body you're in. And, and it, yeah, this mixed messaging is, is really a problem and um i you know and this is something for me personally and and i try not to be judgmental about this because i know you guys use them and and i think they can be very valuable to people sometimes but i don't use before and after pictures at all um in fact i don't have them send me pictures of themselves i mean if somebody wants to send me a picture that's cool but i don't use that and i think sometimes we in the the industry exploits people too with to that degree with with before and afters and I, I know some people are excited they're like here show my before and after i'm really excited of the work that i've done and and all, all this effort and and i'd love for you to share it with your with your followers so that they can see just what, how good you are at, at your job and what you've helped me do and that kind of thing and that's that's cool um but yeah for me i i just haven't um done that and and i think 
that that can kind of come into play too. So what do you got? What do you guys think about about that? I think it is a tricky one. I do use them because mm-hmm. most, not most, actually anymore. It used to be all, but it's gone down. Gone down now. I would say the majority or a higher percentage of my clients are still fat loss, weight loss clients. Um, and I think you know, for people, normal people like to see what a normal person can achieve. So I don't do in bra and knickers or, you know, topless or anything like that. They are just in their gym stuff. Um, They're just, you know, usually at my studio and um, they show what somebody has achieved. But I've tried to change my messaging with it over the years that it's not just, well, here's one body and here's another body. It's more about what have they changed to do that? How have they lived their life? How can you do the same rather than this is just a bigger body and a smaller body? Well done. You know, six months later, mm-hmm. they might not be like that anymore. So I try to change my messaging and make it a bit more. Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to make it really, but just to make it not look like it's just a picture with nothing behind it. So I, I try and yeah. put in my wording, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm the same with Sarah. Like I'll use them here and there, but usually the first and foremost with the client's permission. Um I do like with the software that I use for my online clients, like do encourage them to to upload them and as well, like if we are trying to change somebody's body shape, um, you know, in the scales maybe aren't a true reflection of what's happening I think they're super useful but I do often encourage people to take them regardless whether they want to share them with me or not Um, and they can always be just looked on down the line but I guess these are just very much outcome based things and we need to focus primarily on the, the processes that are going to kind of get that person further along the line so it just depends on the person and how they are wired and whether that adds additional pressure or whether that is something to be excited to work towards like with scale weight like um I like little mini milestones like if to celebrate and um, because it just it is encouraging and like when you start seeing like overall weight trends people can like go oh actually if I keep doing what I'm doing like this will start I'll be able to be here in a certain amount of time um, but like also, you know, so like there's a little bit of gamification there, which I think like helps people massively. Um, but yeah, I'm the same with before and afters. As long as there's a lot of context and the, the right language is there and all of that sort of stuff, like I think that can be beneficial. But again, it's all geared towards the type of client that I want to work with. Like, like you know, yeah, I think that's, that's the same. And I think it's, you know, the anti-diet people would probably say, well, you know, that smaller version doesn't make them a better person. Well, no, of course it doesn't. But that person, their goal was to lose weight. And that is their goal. And if that is what they want to achieve, then who's anyone else to say that they shouldn't be allowed to lose weight? And it's not easy. And so for some people, that after picture is the celebration of the hard work and effort they've put in. And if you can understand that it's not just a photo and it's not it's not there to shame anybody or or anything else it's literally there as a celebration of the hard work and effort that they've put in over an amount of months even years sometimes then 
I'm all for it. If it's just a picture that has been photoshopped to create some kind of dream that you could achieve by having some crappy shake for six months, then no, I'm not for it. So, you know, it's as always, it's all about context and what's behind the image. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think it's such a, it's such a hard area to navigate really, because on the one hand, I think all of us agree that that dieting can be something that can be detrimental to people's self-image and what they think of themselves and, you know, progress pictures, uh, you know, like the 75 hard program is just one example where they, they like require you to take a picture of yourself every day. And to me, that's like this obsessive body checking where you're just constantly taking a picture and you're pro you're going to be comparing it day to day and looking for, you know, is there a change? Is there a change? No, no change yet. No change yet. Oh, is there a change? Oh, I think I see a little change. Oh, I think I'm getting bigger. It's so easy to fall into that trap. But then on the other hand, I mean, some sometimes people like to see the progress visually. And I think it really does come down to the individual and where they're struggling. Because I, I know that, questions. yeah, for, you know, for me personally, when I was, I, and I haven't been doing this, and a lot of this comes from since I have have kind of fallen in love with this intuitive eating and gone down that path myself and decided that's the way I want to coach and that, that those are the people I want to work with, that I kind of have to walk the walk. So I don't weigh myself. I, it's pretty It's pretty rare now. I also have the privilege of the fact that my body doesn't really change very much. It's just always been that way. So it is pretty easy for me to do that. I'll acknowledge that. But um, I think that that it, it really does depend on the person. So for me, the scale wasn't a big deal, but for some for other people, it can be it can be a, a very uh, triggering thing to to weigh yourself every every morning and that kind of thing and it can become a problem and I think it's good that we just acknowledge how these different things impact us and then do what's going to be the best approach for for ourselves. you know so um, some people need to need to put weight loss on the back burner and deal with other things that are really more problematic and um, while other people can go down that path, you know, like, like Ian, he can, he can lean, he can trim down any time <laughs> that he feels like it. And, and it doesn't send him spiraling into a, uh, uh, into a mode of self-hatred and feeling bad about himself and that kind of thing where with another person it might. And so I think it's, I think it's good that there's a variety of people who take different perspectives that can meet pe different people where they are and help identify what it is that they need and then provide a service in that way that, that can suit those particular people. Cause just like everybody, this is one of my pet peeves in the anti-diet spaces, just like there's, we're supposed to acknowledge the fact that there's many different bodies and many shapes and sizes and that, um, you know, people can live their life in, in lots of different ways and, and find happiness there. Um, there's different approaches that we can take to to our bodies and how we want to how we want to handle it and and some people can take one approach that is healthy for them but not for someone else and vice versa and that's the problem with these these groups isn't it that they they take something that has actually got a well-rounded balanced approach and then they take it to an extreme 
um, because I, I, I think you guys both know that I did that size inclusive fitness course recently and I struggled on it big time because in my mind I was thinking well this is I'm here to help and open my mind to the fact that not everybody does want to lose weight and that's fine because that is an area that perhaps I needed more education on because I'm probably more in the lines of that if you are you know dramatically overweight then probably losing weight would help you but it is personal choice but what I actually found was this this was actually very anti-diet and anti-weight loss and what they call fat positive and I struggle with that I really found that course really difficult to to be on because that's not what I believe and I and I feel that science and evidence doesn't really back that up you know we we kind of know that not being in a, a, a tiny body or anything but being of a reasonable weight whatever that is which might be completely different for different people will bring better health outcomes and we're told that time and time again through the medical profession yet these dieting kind of or anti-diet movements will take that to the extreme and and I don't like extremes I, I'm much I'm, a, I'm much better off in the middle somewhere where I can take a good bit of each really. Mm, I think I think the the kind of the anti-diet movement and obviously most of these people are are large um and it's almost like it's like they're trying to just send a message and it's i don't know if it's just anti kind of what people are trying to promote in terms of weight loss i mean me personally i don't care like i don't like i don't care if somebody's big small whatever i'm not bothered like you know their body's none of my business unless they make it my business and i'm help i'm there to help people so i don't judge i don't do the, i mean i've walked down aldi before like and seen someone i recognize from the gym or who know me and they'll start explaining the shopping cart to us mm. and and i'm just like partly i want to turn around and say i don't care like it, it's it's your life like i've got like if you're happy be just be happy you don't have to tell everyone you're happy and you don't have to also like show all of this so if people accept the risk factors of being morbidly overweight then fine like it like it, it doesn't impact me but people seem to like go out their way in either direction to like yeah and it's just other, yeah yeah and it's just like get on with it like yeah. if people want my help then they the should be they should know what I'm about they should have absorbed some of my uh, content to realize what I'm about and listen to a couple of podcasts and all of that so they know I'm the right person for them um but like other than that like it's up to you what you do with your life and how yeah. you want it what you want to do with your body what you want to put into your body and how you want to live it but everybody's on the high horse telling other people how that what they should do and I guess as coaches we're trying to it sadly give people permission to do certain things we're not trying to like I think too many coaches try and control their clients when actually what a good coach does is gives them freedom and autonomy and choice and like understanding of their decisions yeah no I agree with that totally I think you know for me if someone comes to me and says they want to lose weight then I'm going to support that and I'm going to do it the best way I know how and try and do it in an you know anti-diet culture way if someone comes to me and wants to exercise 
and doesn't want to lose weight, then that's absolutely fine too. You can exercise, be healthy, move your body, no matter what size you are. And if someone's happy where they are and doesn't want to exercise or doesn't want to diet, they're not going to come to me anyway. So they can do whatever they want, wherever they are. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think that that that's that we could probably do a, a whole other episode on on the topic. But I think you know, with with weight and and the anti diet movement, I think where a lot of fitness professionals that are still in the the fat loss side of things, um, there is a lot to be learned from that the health at every size crowd, and it can be difficult to filter through that because. There are because of the extremes. Often the extremes are what we hear the most, and so you know a, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of of what um, fat positivity is and what health at every size is. It's not healthy at every size. It's it's acknowledging that that um, at whatever size you're at, that you can and should and and pursue health, and you can do that in ways that are that don't require weight loss. Cause I think that so much of the messaging that we get is that not only is it, are you more beautiful if you're smaller, but you're healthier if you're smaller. And if you're at this higher end, you're probably unhealthy. You're probably not eating like you should. You're probably are lazy. I mean, these are messages that, that are there and, and being, having been married to somebody who was, who was very large for, for years, um, my first wife and, um, you know, you see, you see the things that they struggle with just navigating the world. And you also see the, the biases that come into play. You also see the discrimination that they experience. And so a lot of that, I think that there's, that that's a big, well, that, that is, that's a big aspect of the, the anti-diet movement and the health at every size and this shift away from, from weight loss and at the intentional level. And I, I actually appreciate that and get it. And in fact, that's what I do with my coaching is I listen to somebody coming in who's wanting to lose weight and I'm hearing what they're saying. And it's not a lot, it's like, you know, weight loss really isn't what you're looking for. You think it is. And yes, you may ultimately want, you wish your body was smaller, but really there's so much more that we can address without attacking the weight loss part. And by doing so, it may just result in getting you to exactly where you want to be anyway. It may not be the size you wanted, but you may not only shift your mindset the way you're thinking, but also get into the to a body size that's comfortable for you and that you find is like, hey, I, I don't need to be as small as I, as I thought. Um, some of the, and, you know, some of the interesting things, you know, uh, somebody had mentioned kind of the medical community and there, there is there's something to be said for some of the people on the, uh, you know, for those of us in kind of this anti-diet space with where we're shifting the focus of health off of size. Cause if you look into something called the obesity paradox, it's really, it's really fascinating because there's a number of these studies as they've brought them together, <laughs> noticing that, um, people who are in the overweight category actually have better health outcomes in many cases in certain uh, conditions than those who are on the lower end of the normal BMI scale. Uh, even, and, and we really don't see the stark increases in the, in the major health issues until you start getting well beyond the, the obesity category. And so really those in the you know, normal BMI range and, and in the overweight BMI range, 
um, have very similar outcomes as far from from a health perspective. And so and, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And so I think that messaging is lost. And I think that, that that's one of the good things that's definitely coming out of that that anti diet space. I'm kind of going on a maybe on a tangent here, but I think that that's one of the things that's that's really good that that's coming out there and, and also raising awareness of the fact that certain ways of talking about people's bodies is is uh, stigmatizing and discriminatory and and recognizing those things just like we're being a little bit more sensitive and recognizing how comments and and ways of approaching things are impacting people uh for their race and 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 other uh things that that have been kind of typical areas of discrimination over the years yeah no totally i think people have got a real problem with sitting in that middle ground haven't they and actually seeing both sides they mm -hmm. they they take something that has good intentions and then they take their own bias and they lead it in a totally wrong direction either way you know either pro diet or against diet and actually you know there's always a middle ground for everything and and that's where humans seem to have a problem because it's my way or the highway and that's it kind of thing yeah well and you know i, I i'm not opposed to anti or to intentional weight loss and that's that's kind of unique in the intuitive eating space because you're kind of supposed to be and, and so I do find it, it is a, a little conflicting when I kind of express that I'm not. Um, but I, but what I find is that that there are other ways to approach it without that. And I find that for most of the people that come to me, they they initially are thinking that they'd like to lose weight. But after we really dig deeper, they're like, now, you know, I mean, I thought that's what I needed to do or what I was supposed to do, but then they realize that there is so much more that they could be doing that would be so much better mentally, emotionally, and that kind of thing. And so um, like my, my way of thinking through this is that intentional weight loss isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just don't think that that's the way to go about it for, for most people. Again, that's, it's, but it's not for me to tell somebody that they shouldn't lose weight or or pursue that. It, it's for me to help them explore these different areas and and find out what might be the best way to approach health or whatever their goals are for them, and then and then help them navigate that. Yeah, and I, I think for me, one of the you say intentional weight loss. I guess uh, sometimes effortless weight loss is is the best thing because I mm -hmm. guess like with me, when you start organizing other things and other areas of their life just as a byproduct of that always just like a reverse engineer things it's like well why are you here in the first place what's influenced your current state and once we get all of those kind of ducks in a row we end up finding that just as a byproduct of that with minimal effort weight starts to kind of regulate in a downward trend and I think sometimes people put so much effort into it that, you know, that setting themselves up for failure by being so rigid, so strict, so regimented. And, you know, as soon as maybe one thing starts to go, um, like the rest of the things and the way I see it, when the bigger somebody is, the larger the margins they have and they can get away with like, and that's the, that's the kind of environment that I want to kind of create with people is listen, you can do so many things and it's all about what you can do. 
as opposed to what diet culture is, is just like, hey, this is what you can't do. And you need to do this, you need to do that. And you have to be careful with the coach that you're working with because them themselves will have a bias and mm-hmm. they have to very much work with you, listen to you, like um, respond like in a way that obviously like supports your personal and emotional desires. I, and this is one of the challenging things, like obviously weight loss, fat loss, um, you know, we are stepping into people's lifestyles and ultimately we're going to impact the relationships around them. So it's how can we kind of subtly get in there and almost change things without changing things, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does, definitely. Because I, I sort of think, you know, that's what everything that's wrong with the diet culture and diet industry is that they will put out a product Um, whether it is a a shake a pill a diet you know whatever it may be and they put it out to the masses and there is no personalization to that whereas when you work with a coach you know say it's one of us three um, then even though we all have very different approaches we will you know just from what Jeff said you you listen to what the client tells you and you can make changes that won't even feel like a diet to somebody. So now they're not dieting. They've just changed things. They had no idea were affecting where they're at. And that doesn't appeal to people. You know, that, you know, on, on a sales thing, you're not going to see that on the TV sort of going, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll really get into your nitty gritty and see what you're doing now. They just want a product to sell. And that's what makes money. Whereas, you know, people often don't see the value in coaching because it isn't hasn't got a shiny marketable thing that you can buy but actually it's what most people need and I think you know even the diabetes low calorie 18 800 calorie a day um intervention that they're doing still comes along with counseling now because that's the only way that you can get people to really do things and I think you know when people are listening to this and they they're in that mindset of well what do I do you know think about the long-term ramifications of what you're doing to your health to your mental health your budget everything and if it you know this sounds like a bit of a sales pitch I know for a coach but I just think people don't really realize what they're going to get out of it and it, it could change everything for people in such a positive way yeah I just recorded a podcast with an ex-client of mine um and you know he first entered the dieting cycle when he was 14 and we started to work together when he was 29 and you know we worked together for you know 10 months nearly a year um and now like it's six months on and we recorded the podcast and initially he did it like most people it's like I'm gonna get married and I want to be in shape for my wedding but like it's like right yeah but like as a coach we've got an opportunity not only just to make for that to happen um, but also like it's our that long term thing. And I think people are just drawn to extremes. I think that's and I think intuitively people think they need to kind of like go all in on this kind of system. But usually like mm-hmm. their life isn't set up for the ability to sustain that. And, you know, we all talk about these transformation programs, six weeks and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and if they aren't setting you up for life, guess what? You're going to like regain that weight and going back to weight. Like that's all it is. It's weight. And we're, 
we're so caught up with numbers, whether it's money, whether it's weight, whether it's BMI, body fat percentage, everybody understands numbers. Um, less is good in terms of weight, more is better in terms of money. So it's just something for people to, they know that they want to lose weight and therefore less equals better. Um, but they never really kind of take a step back and think, well, actually, what does any of it mean? It's just numbers. It's something that people have made up. And even BMI in itself is kind of like just numbers. Um, so like that that's one of the things I, I guess for me, one like it's just getting to know what the person wants and like meeting them. That's why, like, as coaches, we can't take on thousands of clients we can't take on hundreds of clients like the more clients we take on the more our service gets diluted and the less helpful we'll become yeah but i think a people as well the consumers the issue going back to my point like they want cheap they want extremes and they keep doing this yeah until eventually they get fed up and then they come to us and they're like, I wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> oh, they're so yeah. far gone. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the problem because they're so used to rapid stuff. Um, and then like you're like this, that, and the other, and trying to maybe sort other things in the background that is going to allow them to because sometimes with clients, I'm like, hey, maybe right now isn't a good time for fat loss or attempting it. Yeah. Like eat more train like you know maybe look at this from a, a very big picture point of view it's like where do you want to be in five years so maybe the next few years you spend eating and training and you know doing stuff and then maybe you like actually do a, a designated deficit down the line um because i think that's quite refreshing for a lot of people as well as like not dieting not feeling like it's kind of alleviate some of the pressure that they only place upon themselves yeah yeah i think there's a lot to be said for that that, that i think one of the things that just because I, you know in, in knowing you guys and and obviously i haven't been in a coaching session with you because we don't we don't share the details of our coaching sessions and stuff like that with each other and we haven't really coached each other but i i imagine that um that you guys just are, are very encouraging and digging down deep and really uncovering what it is that the client needs and what they what they want and you're helping them navigate that and i think that that's ultimately the the main thing that's really important with with all of this in in a a good coach is somebody who's going to help you help you find those um those root causes for things, the things that you're really struggling with and, and kind of guide you through that process. I think that's one of the things that a good coach can do rather than somebody coming in saying, okay, I need to lose weight. How's the best way to lose weight? And it's like, oh, well, let's, let's explore that a little more and, and uh, look deeper in that. You know, with mine, when I only ask them what their weight is when they, on their intake form, and I don't even require them to, to provide it if they don't want to, but I use that as um, I ask what their highest adult weight was, what their current weight is, and what their weight was at the lowest and lo or at lowest and highest in the last year. And I use it not because I, you know, this to to point out, oh look, you've gained all this weight, but it sometimes it can help if it's dramatically different. There's dramatic changes. It can help us to look for for areas that could be addressed. And um, like, oh, what? Okay, so you had this 
huge jump over the course of the year. What what happened there? Uh, oh, I got divorced at this time. Okay, well, that explains it. So an aggressive weight loss program where we're just attacking weight is not probably going to fix the problem. Let's go talk about what it was that changed that caused this. And, and it's very likely that you can get back to where you were naturally sitting without forcing yourself onto a diet and restricting yourself and, and exacerbating the issue even more. Sometimes looking back as well, you know, like, hey, mm -hmm. like, what was your lifestyle like when you were this weight versus now, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously things have changed. Therefore, like, if we can identify certain areas, um, you know, people change jobs, people maybe are more sedentary, new relationships and all of that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And finding little trigger points and all of that can be helpful and just like, you know, um, retrace our steps a little bit. Yeah. So, so what do you guys, I guess we're coming up kind of on time here. What do, what do you think about wrapping this up with final thoughts uh, from, if we each share maybe some final thoughts on, on this particular topic? I just, I just think, well, I mean, obviously it's evolved. Our, our podcast always yeah, yeah. Went, it, always went around the houses there, didn't we? I, do. I, don't, we know, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to call this one. <laughs> well, we started with weight and it's gone into anti-diet and intuitive eating and coaching and all sorts of things. But I mean, the thing is, they are all interlinked. And mm -hmm. I think that's where we naturally go. And I think rather than have a scripted podcast for people this is our conversation and it will evolve and I think that's actually probably better listening for people than having a complete agenda and it, it being a bit dull um, but I think my thoughts on weight and all the rest of it are you know don't judge anybody they they are a human being and they have got a lot more about them than just weight you know they've got personality they have traits you know and that is way more important than what size body they're in um, but if someone does want to lose weight then support them well and if they don't then absolutely fine as well you know let people be who they want to be without judgment and without going to extremes I think that's my final points on it yeah and, would... sorry one more oh, if God. you are size eight please don't put pictures of yourself in a tiny 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 little outfit and go it's fine to be big because it yeah. really pisses me off <laughs> yeah that's kind of where this whole conversation started wasn't it <laughs> yeah I would say you know the same at the end of the day like I, I mean I, I have I don't want people to ever turn around to me and go out oh, it's all right for you it's lucky for you and all of that sort of stuff it's taken a lot of years to do what I've done and again like a lot of I guess trade-offs along the way a lot of mistakes to get me to the point where I am and as a coach I can help people kind of bypass a lot of that they just have to trust in in me or the coach that they are working with that they have their best intentions at heart but at the end of the day you know there is no one size fits all there's no special blueprint you just have to take you where you are almost like accept that draw a line and just aim to move forward in any way which you feel fit and there's no such thing as failure there's just learning experiences like your weight is not your worth um mm -hmm. doesn't matter what that scale weight says to a certain degree like um and that's why you have to be careful with like 
how you like tackle that situation. Um, and yeah, listen to stuff like this. There's, there's thousands of great coaches out there. Unfortunately, there's millions of bad ones. So we have to kind of like, you know, let one, one of my biggest like things was learning to listen and learning to like take information and not just face value, but able to like digest that and understand it. Um, mm -hmm. So that would be one of mine. I don't know. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think I think it's good that people are are open and open to different ways of doing things and open to the fact that that while we all have different sizes and shapes of bodies, we all have different ways of processing information mentally. Uh, we shouldn't assume that just because we struggled in a particular area with something, um, whether that was like one of the things that we see is people who've had eating disorders can be very militant about intentional weight loss. And it's understandable because of what they went through and, and that, that, and what it did to them and how it destroyed their life and how they finally worked out of that. And they've had to get out of that mindset, but to understand that not everybody goes down that same path. And so broad brushing things. Um, but on the other side, you know, you have, you have the medical community, which is often putting this over emphasis on on weight you know i guess coming back to weight um and and that weight if you're ab above a certain point then by nature of that that that's pathological so th and and that shouldn't really be the case it, you know we're all where the where the initial focus is on weight and i'll just kind of mention <clears throat> as my last kind of thing here there's a recent study that that um, was done here, and it was a meta system systematic review and meta analysis. It was really interesting, and I think I shared this with you guys. I don't know if you guys read it yet, but it was they found that um, you can actually reduce visceral fat content in your body. That's the fat that's around the internal organs. It's the bad, the really bad fat. Subcutaneous fat really isn't as unhealthy as a lot of people might think. It's really that fat around the organs, around your liver and all that stuff that cause all kinds of issues. Well, they, this study found that, that you can reduce that through resistance training apart from a caloric deficit, which is really encouraging for people who either struggle to lose weight or don't want to lose weight or don't want to focus on that for whatever the reason is. And, um, and, and so I guess that's one of the things, me personally, with the the intuitive eating and the emphasis that that it promotes um, on health seeking behaviors and not worrying about weight, but worrying about all of the other things that can contribute to health. Um, it's really encouraging to see that you can actually be uh, pursue and achieve improvements in your health apart from intentional weight loss. So while intentional weight loss may be one way to to do it, that may not be the way that is right for you right now, mentally or emotionally, psychologically, and that's okay because there's lots of other things that we can do to pursue that. Just like just losing weight might improve certain areas of your health, but it completely ignores others or maybe even exacerbates problems in other areas. So I think it's good. I, I guess my long way of saying balance is a good, a good way to, to look at this issue of, of size and shape and weight is that there's no one thing that's going to fix all of it for anybody. And so having a good coach 
who can help you navigate this and figure out, hey, where should we focus our attention in right now where you're at? And being able to hear, hear the client, hear what they're struggling with can be so beneficial because it may be that weight loss works for somebody where they're at right now. That's cool. That's fine. That's their business. More power to them. A coach like you or Sarah or Sandy who kind of does focus in that way. That's why I've referred, you know, referred some on to you guys. Um, the other, on, on the flip side, somebody else may, that may be actually detrimental to their emotional health and psychological health right now. And so taking a different approach, like intuitive eating may be a better way to go. So anyway, long, long way of saying balance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is. It's a matter of balance. And we've talked about weight loss. Um, we haven't talked about weight gain. And maybe that's another mm -hmm topic for a different day you know yeah. me, me being on the bones of my ass literally um <laughs> it isn't particularly healthy um nope. so weight gain was the most helpful thing for me to do at that point so yeah it's, um food for thought at a different time but i guess that's it um so thank you for listening I, i've really enjoyed that episode and mm -hmm. it's opened a lot of doors i guess for a lot of people um to ask themselves a few questions and feel free to reach out um ask us some questions you can get us the habit shift at gmail.com um, send us an email uh, reach out to our personal accounts if you'd like um and yeah share this around spread the word subscribe leave a review the habit shift facebook group if it's helpful just you know start a discussion in there and yeah, beyond that, thank you very much and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>